Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, December 1st, sponsored by 42 Bar and Table at the Clinton Center. On today's edition, we're going to talk about Tom Cotton headed to the CIA, Razorback land and turmoil, and more. Those are big topics, so who knows if we'll get to yeah, them more. I don't know. That voice you hear, of course, is Max Brantley. So the long rumor dominoes are soon to fall, according to the New York Times. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is on his way out to be replaced by CIA Director Mike Pompeo, who in turn will be replaced by our own Tom Cotton. We talked about this weeks ago when the rumor yeah, first... his name came up sometime back. Um, but let's talk about it again now since it, you know, it's not a done deal, but it... Well, everybody's writing like it's a done yeah. deal. All the white Tillerson today said, well, that's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you would know or not. Uh, you know, it's, well, it's one of those in the larger sense, it's not good, although Tillerson's probably well shut of him. He's wrecking the State Department. But uh, our interest, of course, is Tom Cotton, the CIA. Boy, he's been getting a lot of bad reviews. You know, the first thing is, and, and, and I think one of the conservative critics responded somewhat fair. He said, well, he doesn't have enough experience for this job. And said, well, Barack Obama didn't have much experience before he was president. Well, that's I mean, there's some fairness in making an observation like that, but I think the Tom Cotton's big problem is he's an ideologue, and the CIA is valued for being a fact finder and trying to look at really complicated situations and come up with objective evaluations of them and making best guess about things, and I think Tom Cotton is just blind to that when it comes to certain things like Iran and the Middle East and Syria and North Korea and whatever else. I and, of course, he's a believer in waterboarding, which the CIA has backed away from. And and as several have pointed out, he was uh, in the Trump transition team, national security transition team, at a time Mike Flynn says he was directed by Trump to uh, make overtures to the Russians. So we now have a question about Tom Cotton, which will have to come up in his confirmation hearing. What did he know and when did he know it about contacts with the Russians? So there's that. Uh, the good news is, is if he does go to the CIA, he won't be the senator for Arkansas anymore. Yeah. And uh, from my point of view, that has to be a good thing. I, the Republican Party is stocked with equally terrible people that they could replace him with. Uh, the governor would make the appointment. The timing of, of Cotton's rise to the CIA would be very important. The law says that if the appointment the governor makes an appointment more than four months before the next general election, which would be November 2018. The seat should be filled for the remainder of the term at the special election in 2018. But if it's within four months of the 2018 November election, then his appointment serves for more than two years, the remainder of Cotton's term until 2020. So, And then there's a, a further interesting complication, which is the Arkansas Constitution says that an appointee can't run for the office to which he's appointed. However, there's a pretty strong belief that that requirement is unconstitutional under the federal constitution, which says you can't place restrictions on federal office in state law. That's why the US, our, our effort in Arkansas to place term limits on congressmen failed because it was unconstitutional under the U.S. Constitution. So there's all that back and forth, but and, and who knows? It may not happen. First of all, but right. the, there's a, there's an awful lot. The 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 fact of when the election happens and whether the appointee is a short term or long term 
will have a great deal to say about who gets the appointment. You know, you would hope that in that case there'd be just a, a respectable, well-loved Republican who would be a figurehead for a few months before an election, that that's how Asa Hutchinson would choose to go. I'm not quite sure who would fit that bill, although there are plenty of people that would love to be a senator for a few months. Arkansas had a famous experience with this when Kenister Hodges finished uh, a few months of, of John McClellan's term. And what was it he had a vote on? Was it on the ERA? Something really significant where this temporary senator got to cast a very important vote. So that's that's an interesting thing. That Tim Griffin clearly would like to be a U.S. senator. Steve Womack would like to be a U.S. senator. Wouldn't we all like to be a U.S. <laughs> senator? The Democrats wish they could get uh, Mike Beebe to, to run if the seat is open. I, I can't see Mike Beebe leaving retirement for the U.S. Senate, but he certainly would be one person with some hope of the job. I, I wondered if Mark Pryor would come would come out of what seems to be a very happy retirement, by the way. I saw him recently and, and, and use his name recognition if there was a short run-up to a special election. But my favorite suggestions, as I wrote this morning, were some right-wing commentators, one of whom suggested Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm. as the appointee, and the other, even better, so somebody from Newsmax, <laughs> wild and wacky Newsmax, suggested Janet Huckabee as U.S. Senator. The Florida resident. Yeah. <laughs> the Florida resident. But apart, I just love the thought of Janet Huckabee lecturing those guys, telling them how the cow ate the cabbage. But anyway. Okay. Well, let's talk about our sponsor, 42 Bar well, and Table. I went to, I went to dinner at uh, 42 Bar and Table uh, Saturday night, and as everybody said, the makeover is beautiful. The, you know, the outdoor seating area with the fire pits and the sofas is, is just really lovely. And the bar is nice, but, uh, but the eating was good. So in honor of Bill Clinton, I went vegetarian. All right. Now, I didn't go vegan with the appetizer because I had the truffle Parmesan fries. I guess there's a little cheese on those maybe, and they were great. But I had, I had vegetable curry just because, and it was, you know, it's all vegetable, and the curry sauce was really good, but everybody liked, we had fish, and oh, there's this fried, it's basically chicken wiener schnitzel, it's a chicken schnitzel with spatzel noodles, mm. I mean, it's enough for about 15 people, the portions are huge, but one thing that I really want to recommend is, I forget what they, they may call it the candy bar, but one of their desserts is just a cocktail glass full of four or five different house-made pieces of candy, like their version of an Almond Joy or their version oh, wow. of a Snickers, but, but better than that. And boy, they were great. They were, they were really good. We had a, we had just had a great meal there. It was, it was wonderful. And a really cold martini, I want to say, which I could use two or three of those right now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on in downtown Little Rock around the holidays. So Remember 42. Dinner Thursday through Saturday and lunch every day except Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Check and the, the entrance by, it's just right to the left of the front door of the library. You walk down a flight of stairs. Turn right. Enter. Although, if you have trouble with stairs, you can still go through the library and use the elevator. Yeah. Brett Bielema was fired by interim athletic director Julie Cromer Peoples immediately after the Razorbacks lost to Missouri was this a, just a week ago. A week ago? A week ago. Yeah. It seems like a century with all the developments. Yeah. Uh, the timing of the dismissal sparked a lot of criticism. Some male commentators, including Arkansas Democrat Gazette columnist Wally Hall, seemed to suggest that a woman wasn't up to the job of uh, hiring the new coach. Or being an athletic director or anything. Right. In Wally's case, he continued today with just a 
really bizarre reference to the search firm as being known for trying to put women in athletic jobs or something crazy like that. But Not that that's a bad thing, I think you said. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing, right. Otherwise, why mention it? Well, you know, it's perhaps there was some inartful handling of this, although I don't know how you ever handle a firing. Well, I, I will say Brett Bielema, again, was the hero of the hour in taking his firing in about as nice as possible way as you could, saying nice things about Arkansas and going on. But I don't think, see there was any way that he was going to keep his job. Although they carried out this fiction that the decision wasn't made until they had lost the last game of the year. And, and I think that complicated things because the, the interim athletic director grabbed Bielema as he was leaving the field, pulled him into an office and said, yes, yeah, it's, it's over. And so you can go tell the players that, which he did. And everybody took that to be very cold. But would it be better to let the players go home and then announce it Sunday where Bielema's in hiding somewhere? I, I don't know. Maybe it would have been. I think a lot of this reaction was because a woman delivered the news. And I it agree. Just, it was just viewed as just, I think if Frank Broyles had done it, everybody said Frank Broyles was a leader. Yeah, it was like it was guy. emasculating somehow for this woman to, to tell. Fire man, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, but and then she had a news conference. I think even what compounded it was her news conference after the firing in which she said, well, you know, Yes, we don't have a full-time athletic director now, but we have an athletic director, me, and, and I'll take the lead on hiring a football coach. And she made a point of saying other people, she'd be talking to Stein Metz, and she had valuable people she'd consult. But that that was just kind of viewed as just beyond the pale. By the like, way. what is she supposed to say? Oh, I'm just a placeholder. I'm yeah, not going to be twiddling I'm not my thumbs. To do with it. You know, and, and we now, and she, I mean, she makes a couple hundred thousand dollars a year now with some add-on they gave her. I mean, of course, she's capable to begin the search. This it was this was this was this was just rank misogyny. I think I, I really do. I mean, and I know a lot of people think I'm crazy for thinking that, but I'll I'll go to my deathbed. Yeah, I don't. This is just sexism, pure and simple. And so so anyway, the, but they then <clears throat> they then hired two executive search firms, one for football and one to help them on athletic director. After Steinmetz had already appointed an athletic director committee to assist them, which, which as I noted, I mean, it's just nothing but men, 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 men. I mean, women are not cave. They have, you know, one token woman around. I mean, because what, what do women know about the perspiring sports? But in anyway, uh, but then word s- surfaced yesterday that a leading one TV station said flatly he'd been hired. The university said, no, that's not true. We haven't made a decision yet, but leading candidate seems to be a pretty good sounding candidate, yeah. frankly, a guy named Derek Gregg who's athletic director at Tulsa, who's been athletic director at Eastern Michigan. These are not Big Ten or SEC schools, but they're Division I schools, so he knows about football and basketball. And he played football at Vanderbilt, and he got a Ph.D. in Arkansas and was worked for several years in the athletic department under Frank Broyles and ended up as, I think, deputy athletic director. And so uh, he sounds like a guy who's just and he, only 100 miles away. I mean, he, he knows Arkansas, and... I mean, I have not written, but I, I think I have to observe that we're still in an area where noticing the fact that he is African-American is a factor of some interest. There are not many black athletic directors in the country. Uh, certainly had never been one in Arkansas. It, uh, well, at UAPB, perhaps. But 
And so that's an interesting factor. But he certainly looks like a good candidate. Don't know who else might be out there. He supposedly, I read today that he's going to be interviewed Sunday at Arkansas. And the, the general sense from the talk show jocks is that he's the guy and that they've just got to give a, an appearance of doing going through due diligence, I suppose. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Wally Hall and others are – Pining, football, yeah. pining uh, openly for Gus Malzahn. I, I, I think that's not. that is I, not going to happen. I, I, it, it makes no sense. They've got to hire him before the playoffs are over. He could lose badly to Georgia and yeah, then come I mean, to Arkansas. That's what you're hearing on the talk shows. They hope Auburn gets killed by Georgia so that then Auburn will be sick of Malzahn and Arkansas can hire him. In any case, I mean, there's no telling how much money and guarantee we'd have to do to do it. I don't happen to be the world's biggest admirer of Gus Malzahn, but he's apparently a pretty good coach. I can see the interest. I mean, he's too tightly tied into that Northwest Arkansas God squad for me, and that's that's my problem, not anybody else's, I suppose. He does have a sort of interesting wife. If if they take her off her leash again and let her have some news <laughs> conferences, she might be kind of fun to watch. So there is that, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm seems to me that the better candidates for this guy in Memphis State are the offensive coordinator at Clemson. But yeah, defensive coordinator. Or defensive coordinator, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mike Norville and Brent Venables. All right, well, let's, let's just go through a, a few other news items this week. Uh, Circuit Judge Tim Fox has threatened to shut down the state's birth certificate system at the beginning of the year unless state and plaintiffs in a lawsuit work out an agreement to accommodate sex, sex, same-sex parents. Well, you know, Tim Fox is always getting reversed by the Supreme Court for doing crazy stuff, and in a way this is another one of those crazy things by Fox. I mean, he issued this ruling saying the Supreme Court was wrong. Well, by very definition, the Supreme Court is always right. I mean, they may be wrong, but they're right. If, right. I mean, they, their law applies, even if you don't like it. And so I think he just and he apologized on behalf of the state of Arkansas and and <laughs> with with good with, reason with good reason for the fact that after all this time we still aren't treating same sex couples equally with opposite sex couples. I mean they, the background on this is is that if you're a, a traditional opposite sex couple, your parentage is presumed when you apply for birth certificate, but if a same sex couple, you're not. And uh, it's just wrong, and the Supreme Court has made U.S. Supreme Court has made clear it's wrong. But our legislature wouldn't. This law could be fixed so with two strokes of the pen to eliminate gender from the law. Legislature wouldn't do it in 2017. Supreme Court doesn't want to have it on its hands. It wants the legislature to do it. The Attorney General doesn't want it on her hands to work out an agreement that could be approved by the court, so she could be blamed for it. It's it's just disgusting, is what it is. And Tim Fox is. I mean, he's right, but I think he's maybe kind of wrong. But if he does issue some order ending the, the birth certificate, then they will have to do something. And so maybe then somebody, I don't know, they have a special session of the legislature or something. I don't know. But He asked the, Attorney so, General Leslie Rutledge to be involved. She said she's too busy. Yeah, she's too busy, but she's issuing news releases about being careful on putting up your Christmas decorations safely. So anyway, I mean, and, and working for the NRA. I mean, Today, the NRA put out a news release saying how much they love Leslie Rutledge because uh, she's behind this interstate concealed carry reciprocity bill in Congress, which would make it easier to carry concealed weapons in all the states in the country, sort of an open license to concealed carry all over the place. And this is the first thing we're going to do after a guy with an automatic rifle 
shot 600 people in Las Vegas. We're going to make it easier to carry a gun into a high-rise hotel. It's just nuts to me. But but my guy didn't win. The, my gal didn't win the presidency. So there you are. Sticking in the courts, federal judge James Moody dismissed a lawsuit by the Justice Network, a for-profit Memphis outfit that lost a long-running and lucrative probation service arrangement in Craighead County after the election of a couple new judges. Well, I, reading his opinion, this was really pretty simple. That, that This private outfit had, had kind of set up one of these quasi-debtor prison things where if you get a hot check in Craighead County or some kind of fine, you're going to be paying them money for the rest of your life. And uh, these two judges came in, new district judges. What of my good pal from Boy State, Tommy Fowler, and they said, we're not going to do this anymore. Declared amnesty, set up a system that makes sense. You're informed about it. You can work out alternatives to payment plans. You know, you're not going to be just saddled forever with money. And uh, the Memphis outfit, which lost a pretty lucrative piece of business, sued. But the judge said, sorry, you can't sue the judges. They're immune from lawsuit under sovereign immunity. And you can't sue the cities and the county because the courts are state courts. And you can't sue the state, so you're just out of luck. And, they're, and these people are getting probation services. The only loser here is Memphis Company isn't making a bunch of money off the blood, sweat, and tears of poor people. Sometimes, Justice was done. Sometimes the good guys win. Yeah. Yes. Finally, we talked about this several weeks ago, but the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences had a staff meeting earlier this week to talk about its tight budget. Reporters were not allowed to attend, but those who did say that it seems to be even worse than we suspected well, earlier. Well, we knew from the from coverage of the UA board that uh, they're balancing the books this year by drawing 39 millions from reserves. In other words, operating $39 million in the red. Well, what the, the interim chancellor told the staff this week was for the last six months of the year, they got to save another $33 million. In other words, they're operating $72 million in the red at current budget levels and want them to be real smart about efficiencies or finding no ways to increase revenue. But in six months, I mean, realistically, there's, something's going to have to cut, and at some point what you got to cut are people. And not only that, but there's next year. The, the budget year runs July 1st to June 30th. So another year starts next year, and they're going to have to accommodate that $72 million on an ongoing basis and perhaps absorb rising costs that are inevitable. So they got problems. And, uh, you know, the, the chancellor said, well... You know, you got to remember our budget's $1.4 billion, and so this is a relatively small amount. But easy for her to say, but a 2% budget cut for somebody that employs ten or 11,000 people is a couple of hundred jobs. I mean, that's just, that's just a reality, and to them it won't seem very insignificant. That's right. All right, let's move on to endorsements. What do you got? Well, it's on on demand, so I can still recommend this. I didn't see the, the night it debuted, but this... Uh, documentary by the Renaults on the meth what's it meth meth storm maybe meth storm. I can't anyway, remember. it starts with meth and it's on HBO and it's on demand god almighty it's depressing I mean I mean I recommend it not for uplift and not for gripping drama but for the sheer painful misery and agony of drug addiction and simply being economically deprived in Arkansas. I mean, the depiction of people it seems to be up in Van Buren County and the, you know, kind of, let's say it, trailer trash of, you know, poor white hills of Arkansas and people who are addicted to drugs who, 
who shoot up with meth and go to church, who the minute they're released from jail go home and shoot up again, who live in incredible squalor, who have children around, who don't have means of support. I, I don't know how they li- I don't know how they buy their meth. I don't know how they live, but it's it's just one of the singular most depressing things I've ever seen. And and, and it's not only it didn't strike me as important only because of a window into a very difficult life for a lot of people. But I thought of the legislative session when preening politicians like Dustin McDaniel said, by God, we're going to solve this meth thing. We're going to make it where you can't get cold medicine anymore and cook it down to make meth. What a stupid legal, legal adults like me can't get a cold pill anymore. But no problem for the meth heads because it's coming in by the truckload from Mexico and it's cheaper and it's more powerful and it's no more no more home cooking needed anymore and it's about I mean and and we see these pictures in this film of these guys and in, in armor and all kinds of weaponry and and rousting these people out of mobile homes and the notion that that's going to end drug abuse mm-hmm. locking these people up this incredible enforcement effort, Operation Ice Storm, as if this has a drop of impact on the pathology that has people abusing drugs is just crazy. Yeah. That's my sermon. All right. Well, yeah. In any, in any event, if you want to be depressed, but also see the, the damage of drug addiction, <coughs> and the utter futility of the war on drugs, Watch that well, yeah, and the filmmakers, if you don't know, Brent and Craig Renault are, are hometown guys, Little Rock uh, uh, documentary filmmakers who've done great work for a dozen years you know, they or did more. two things. They let families into their really desperate situations and seeing a mama help her son shoot up. I mean, yeah. this is gripping. But, but also they clearly got an in with the federal authorities who don't let the media in very much. Because they were in on these raids, they were there when they were manning up to go on these raids, and so they 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 do an amazing job. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see that. I'm going to do a little bit of log rolling. I encourage everybody, if you hadn't already, to pick up this week's issue. It's our annual or semi-annual music issue, and it's all about uh, female musicians, especially Litterock uh, women who are making music. And the whole thing's just great. Cover by Litterock artist Sally Nixon is frameworthy. Um, it's a really good showcase of the diverse and strong women who are um, doing interesting things. But there's one pretty critical omission, and that's the person who put it all together, our own Stephanie Smittle, is not included, and she's like a true dynamo in the literate music scene. She has her own band, the Smittle Band, where she does um, really great singer-songwriter uh, music. She's in Iron Tongue, which is a super fun kind of classic metal group with uh you know 10 people on stage and she is the uh she's one of the featured solo vocalists in the the arkansas symphony orchestra's holiday program that's um going to be at robinson i think next week and is traveling the state uh in the next couple days so she was in mountain home last night i think she's gonna be in forest city later this week um so if you're going to the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, look for Stephanie. She will be one of the stars. She can do it all. Yeah. She really can. So, yeah, check her out. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes. Give us a rating and review. It helps people find us. And 
and go to 42 Bar and Table and tell them we sent you. And I ran into a guy at dinner Saturday who said, I'm here, and I told him that they, you sent me here. All and, right. And he loved it, too. Okay. Thanks.